So Romans 12 and verse 1 in the New Living Bible, it says Romans 12 and verse 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Verse 2. And don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person. Come on, anybody want that? Let God transform you into a new person. Notice how he does that. By changing the way you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So we're going to continue this series we started last week about healthy habits. And I'm really excited to preach to you part two uh, this morning. And so if you're taking notes today, the title of my message this morning is called All Systems Go. All Systems Go. Go. And so we've been preaching uh, last week and this week about the importance of healthy habits. God gave me this going into 2021. He said, Jordan, if you want a healthy life, you're going to have to have healthy habits. Let me tell you this morning if you want a healthy life, you're going to have to have healthy habits that align with the life that you want. Your daily life, your, your routines, your habits, your coming and going, your eating, your sleeping, your life, your habits have to align with the life you want to have. And we talked about this some last week. We're going to go a step deeper this week. But we all know that it's important to believe God and have, have faith, have a goal, have a vision on what you want in life. It's important. And we believe that faith is believing and we believe that faith is speaking, but faith is also our actions. And that's one thing I would say, especially about believers in Jesus. We're good at the believing and the speaking part, but we don't have the actions that align with the life that we want to have. But if we want a healthy life, yes, we have to speak it. Yes, we have to believe it. But our faith is shown in our actions to have the life that we want to have. And that's our daily habits. So if we want a healthy life, we have to have healthy habits. I want to read you the definition I, I, I read to you last week about habits real quickly to define it for you. So let's define habits. Habits are the small decisions you make and actions you perform every day. According to researchers at Duke University, habits account for about 40% of our behaviors every given day day. That means 40% of what you do every day is unconscious. You just do it because it's your habit, both good and both bad. Now hear me clearly, church family. Your life today is essentially the sum of your habits. Now before we go into the rest of this, let me break this down for you. I believe there's an enemy. I believe we live in a fallen world. But the devil ultimately is not your problem. Your life today is not just because of the devil. Now he's real and he opposes you. Your life today is not just because of what you went through. That's real too. Your life today is not just because you live in a fallen world and there's things against you. That's still true. But notice your life today is essentially the sum of your habits. How in shape or out of shape you are. Come on now, somebody. 
is a result of your habits. How happy or unhappy you are is a result of your habits. How successful or unsuccessful you are is a result of your habits. Listen to this clearly. What you repeatedly do, what you spend time thinking about and doing each day, ultimately forms the person you are, the things you believe, and the personality that you portray. When you learn to transform your habits, you can transform your life. Are you still here, church family? So if we want a healthy life, we have to have healthy habits. Now, Anthony, could you go get my whiteboard for me? Now, he's a professor, and I am a professor, too, this morning. So I need the whiteboard out for this. And and we used this example last week, but I want to show you a visual of it again today. Because we're going to start here, and we're going to build on this idea that we started last week. Thank you, sir. So, last week we talked about, one of the points we made was, you got to change the root if you want to change the fruit. You guys like it when I do stuff like this? I loved it last week. So, let me just break it down for you real clearly today. This is you. Could be hair, could be horns, whatever. Here's your ear. Here you are. There you are. So we're talking about healthy habits, healthy life. So this is, this is where you are right here. Now, this is where you want to be. Now, I love John Maxwell said it like this. Most people have uphill hopes, but downhill habits. If we want our life to end up where we want it to be, we're going to have to do something different than what we're doing right now. Did I shock you with that? It's too much common sense on a Sunday morning. I realize that. It's shocking. Most of us have uphill hopes, uphill dreams, uphill goals. This is the life we want, right? This is the healthy life we want. We want to be healthy in our bodies, healthy in our mind, healthy in our spirit. We want good relationships. We want to be financially well off. We want to have a fulfilling career. We want to have a fulfilling life. We want our our kids and our grandkids to love God and to serve God. We want a healthy life. That's our uphill hopes, but our habits are down here. Now, I'm not trying to insult your intelligence, but how many know if your habits are down here and the life you want is up here, you're never going to get there unless you change your habits because you have to have healthy habits to have a healthy life. Now, we want a healthy life, but we have unhealthy habits, and it's getting us here, and we're bitter, and we're angry, and we're frustrated at God, and we're frustrated at church, and we're even frustrated at faith preachers like me that tell you you can have what you say. But you don't want to have the actions that align to this life, so it's not my fault, it's your fault. All right, thank you, Pastor. Just hear it up, lift you on a 2021 Sunday morning. 
So, if we want to change the fruit, we got to change the root. If you want to change the life, you got to change the habits. If you want to change the results or the outcome, you have to change the system that got you here. Now stay with me here. I'm just laying foundation for where we're going. We're not going to stay on the whiteboard. We're just starting here. So how many agree the starting place is not the problem? For any of us, we all start the same place. And most of us have the same goal in life. This is where we want to get. The goal is not the problem. The problem is what we do to get us from here to here. And right here, this place in between is what we call the system. That's the roots. That's what you don't see. That's what's underground. We just see the fruit. This is the habits, the daily habits that no one else sees to get us to the life that we want to have. Now, you got to understand this, that the trajectory of your life bends in the direction of your habits. <laughs> so either it's bending this way, or it's bending this way, based off your daily habits. We do not rise to the level of our goals, we fall to the level of our systems. And the system is what I want to talk about this morning. That's why I entitled this, All Systems Go. All System Go means, I'm ready, let's go. So we're going to talk about this part, the middle part, the part that no one wants to talk about because it looks like work. And it looks like discipline. And it looks like good habits when no one sees it. And it looks like roots. You don't see roots. You just see the fruit. But you know there has to be healthy roots if you see healthy fruit. So we're talking about all systems go because today we're going to talk about the systems that take you from point A to point B. In the words of Nacho Libre, we're going to get down to the nitty gritty. That's what we got to talk about today. That's where you really live. So we're going to talk about systems today and how to get to point A to point B. You ready for this? I want to take you a step further. Last week we talked about three things to kind of introduce you to this. And I have four things I want to share with you today about all systems go. Did you get that? Okay, maybe I should start writing equations on that. I don't know math, but I'm just going to start writing equations to make myself look smarter than I am. Let's start here. Zechariah 4.10. I know you probably haven't been there recently, but let's turn there. Zechariah 4.10. The first thing I want to share with you before we read this is the first really system I want to talk about is this statement. Small steps, big results. If we're going to have healthy habits and a healthy life, our system has to start here. Small steps, big results. Zechariah 4.10 in the New Living Translation. Let's read this. Just the first part. Do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Let's read this again. Do not despise small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see 
the work begin. If we're going to have healthy habits and a healthy life, our habits have to start here. Small steps, big results. The reason most of us don't start new good healthy habits is we shoot too big. We set the goal, the dream, the life too big, and when we get down to actually start doing it, it's so overwhelming, we stop. Because it's too overwhelming. And so now we're fearful and we're anxious and we're overwhelmed because we're like, I don't know how to get from point A to point B because it's too big. How do you get from point A to point B? Small steps lead to a big result. And God says in his word, don't despise the day of small beginnings for the Lord rejoices that the work began. You know what? When you start something and it seems small, God is applauding you in heaven. At least they're starting. At least they're trying. It says the Lord rejoices that the work began. He would would prefer you beginning something than you just stopping and staying in fear and not doing anything or not trying anything. God rejoices. So if God says don't despise small beginnings, then we shouldn't despise small beginnings. And if we're going to have healthy habits and a healthy life, we have to take small steps that lead to big results. Also, when we, we, we set these goals and these dreams that are, that are big, they're good. But we set them so big, we don't know how to practically do that on a daily basis. And if we set it too big, we just won't do it. How many know if you make something so hard for yourself, you won't do it? Now, can we, can we get real practical? What does that mean to you today? Okay, let, let me give you several examples. Some of you are like, I'm not, I'm not seeing everyone in here. I know Miss Donna's thinking about this. You want to run 10 miles. I know that was her at least top three goals she had this year. So let's just say Miss Donna, she's run, wanting to run 10 miles. So that's a good goal. But how many of you know if you have not ran in 20 years, you're going to be overwhelmed? And you know what's going to happen? Now, this is, once again, why New Year's resolutions don't work. Because you set a goal to run 10 miles, and the first day you try to run 10 miles, and you kill yourself. And the next day, you're on medication, and your leg is propped up, and you can't go to work, and you're like, forget this. Now, the goal wasn't wrong, but the system needed to change. You need to take small steps to get a big result. If you want to run 10 miles, guess what tomorrow? Let's just start with half a mile and walk it. Let's try that first. And you know what? If you can do that, then the next day, do it again. And it's going to get easier. And then after you do that a couple days... Walk another mile. And then next week when you get comfortable with that and your body's dealing with that and your mind can handle that, start trying to run two miles. And then do that for several days and then run three miles. And eventually you will get to ten miles and it will be easy when you get there because you took small steps to get a big result. 
Don't despise the half mile because you'll never get to 10 if you don't take a small step first. Am I helping you this morning? Small steps to big results. God says don't despise the day of small beginnings. Say, I want to get back in the gym. Well, don't try to go an hour of CrossFit when you first get back in the gym. You will never want to come back. How about you try 15 minutes at the gym and then 15 minutes the next day and then 15 minutes the next day? Small steps, big result. Some of us at the beginning of the year, every year we say this. I say this every year. I want to read the Bible all the way through. Or I want to read it in a month. I want to read it in a few months. And the fact that the Bible is so large overwhelms us and paralyzes us, and usually we don't do any of it. Then we just go back to reading a couple random Psalms and a couple Proverbs a day and the Scripture of the week on our calendar. Instead of actually getting into the Word of God and getting off the surface level of the Bible and dig deeper. Why? Because we set it too large. If I said read the Bible, that's overwhelming. There's a lot of pages. Thousands. A lot of chapters. Do you know how you read the Bible? Read a chapter every day. Did you want another answer than that? Read a chapter every day. Can, can all of us read a chapter every day? You can do that. That doesn't take you long. Some chapters only take you a few minutes to read. Can you read a chapter every day? And you know what? If you keep doing that day after day after day, you will have read the whole Bible. But it takes small steps to get a big result. The Bible's a big book, but it takes a small step to read the whole thing. financially, some of us that are in a lot of debt, if you just think about it, it's going to overwhelm you and paralyze you, and you're going to keep putting it off. Well, I only have this amount of money, and this amount of money compared to $20,000 or $50,000 or $100,000 in debt doesn't make that big a difference. That's the trick. It actually does make a difference. Small steps lead to a big result. If you're $20,000 in debt, don't think about making $20,000 next week and putting it to that debt. How about $100? Man, your pastor loves you today. He's just trying to help you. What about $100? What if you did $100 every week this year? That means you had paid off $5,200 of debt in one year, and you only have $15,000-some dollars to go. But when you're doing $100 a week, it doesn't seem like much, does it? It's a small step. But the small step leads to a big result. If you don't take a small step, you'll never get to the goal. If you don't take a small habit, you'll never get to the life. If you don't change the small system, you'll never get to the right outcome. Small steps lead to big results. I love this. Habits are the compound interest of self-improvement. See, you don't see it every day. When you invest, you don't see it tomorrow. 
Come on now, somebody. When you invest, you usually don't see it next week. But good, healthy habits are the compound interest of self-improvement. If you do something small every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, in a couple weeks, you're going to be a lot better. In a couple months, you're going to be a lot, lot better. In a year, you're going to be a completely different person. But it takes small steps to get there. Small steps, a big result. Don't despise small beginnings, church family. They compound. There's compounding interest with small steps. Just focus on getting just 1% better at your goal tomorrow. 1% better the next day. 1% better the next day. And by the end of the year, you'll be a completely different person in that area. But it starts with small steps lead to big results. You guys getting something this morning? It's interesting that Zechariah, he was a prophet in the Old Testament, and he helped rebuild the walls of the temple. Now, he was building a temple, and, and the temple in that day was one of the most elaborate, beautiful, well-built things on the planet was the temple of God. It took years and years and years and years to build the temple. How many know that could be overwhelming? You're building the temple for the God of the universe, for his presence to dwell in in the Old Testament. And he told you exactly how to build it, to put this kind of silver and this kind of gold and this kind of wood in it. And, and you need to, to make the Holy of Holies this way. And it's going to take you years and years and years to build it. And Zechariah the prophet said, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Because re God rejoices that the work began. Do you know how you build the temple? One small brick after one small brick after one small brick after one small brick. And, and in a week, it doesn't look like anything happened. But you put one small brick and one small brick and one small brick and one. Because sometimes the small bricks aren't exciting. But how many know if it's going to take you years and years and years to build the temple or to build the life you want? It's going to take small brick after small brick after small brick. And then later you will look on and say, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Because look what God has done. And look what he's done through this work because we began it. And eventually the temple was rebuilt, but it had to start small. You've heard this phrase, Rome wasn't built in a day. You guys heard that phrase? Now, what does that mean, Rome wasn't built in a day? People say that to imply that it's going to take some time to achieve something great. It's going to take time to achieve the life you want. It's going to take some time to see the results and the outcome, especially if it's something big like Rome. Rome wasn't built in a day. But here's the part they don't tell you. But they were laying bricks every hour. There wasn't just nothing there. And then Rome was built in one day. No. For year after year after year after decade 
after decade, they were laying bricks hour after hour after hour after hour to get Rome to the place it was. Same way with your life. Small steps, big results. You guys getting something this morning? You guys want some more? The next thing I want to talk about, about healthy habits, healthy life, about our systems is today matters. Today matters. I want to read you a quote from John Maxwell, actually from his book on Today Matters. He said, you will never change your life until you change something you do daily. Underline that, please. You will never change your life until you change something you do daily. Notice, not just weekly, not just monthly, not just yearly, but you won't change your life until you change something you do daily. The secret of your success is found in your daily routine and habits. You know what the Bible says in Philippians to forget the past. And in the Gospels, Jesus said that tomorrow is not promised. But what does the Bible talk about? Today. The Bible actually says today is the day of salvation. If you're going to do something, do it today. If you're going to change something, change it today. How many people said, tomorrow I'm going to get right with God and tomorrow never came? How many people said, tomorrow I'm going to get back in church and tomorrow never came? How many people said, tomorrow I'm going to be concerned about getting healthy and they died before tomorrow? How many people said, financially, I'm going to get better tomorrow, and tomorrow never came? How many people said, tomorrow, I'm going to make this relationship better, and tomorrow never came? The Bible says to forget the past and to not think about the future because tomorrow is not promised. Today is the day to do something. The Bible says today is a day of salvation. Today is the day. You will not change your life until you change what you do today. And with healthy habits, healthy life, you have to change it today. Today matters. We are all professionals here at procrastination. Let's be honest with enough with ourselves that we can admit a lot of the things you said you would do next Monday didn't happen. I'll start it at the new year. No, you won't. Next Monday, I'm going to start eating right. No, you're not. Next Thursday, I'm going to give them a call and make this relationship right. No, you're not. Just give me a month to get things settled financially. Then I'll start trying to get out of debt. No, you won't. Today matters. You won't change your life unless you change what you do today. Today matters. The secret of our success is in our daily habits 
and routines. Now, pastor, you're being a little bit forceful about this point. Yes. You know why? Because I'm a professional procrastinator. And if I am, probably most of you are too. And procrastination will kill your life. It will kill your goals. It will kill your dreams. Procrastination will kill the healthy life that you want because you're always going to do it tomorrow. The sun will come out tomorrow. Maybe not. Wasn't that Annie? Annie wasn't theologically correct. She didn't know if the sun would come out tomorrow. Tomorrow's not even promised. But we have that hopeful optimism that it's a new year, it's a new me. No, it's not. It's the same old you doing the same old dumb stuff to get the same old results. No, no new, new year, new you. The calendar just changed, but you didn't change. Now, you want an honest pastor this morning, don't you? You want help. Now, this is what help looks like. Real talk on a Sunday morning. No, today matters. And unless you change what you do today, you will never change your life. Hear me, church family. Stop living in the past. Well, I haven't done this before, and I've tried this before. Stop living in the past. The past is over. Done. Forget it. Stop living and putting things off to the future and tomorrow. Today is the only thing that matters. The present is what matters. I don't want to be like a lot of people that I know or have known that put off their life till tomorrow. Tomorrow never came and they were full of regrets because procrastination killed the healthy life they wanted. Do it today. Do it today. If you're going to do it, do it today. If you're going to start it, start it today. Once again, you don't have to do everything today. A small step just today. And a small step tomorrow. And a small step the day after that. But you got to do it today because today matters. Am I helping you in here, anybody? Anybody procrastinate like me? A few people? Uh, there's more than you than that. The devil is a liar. Tell the truth in the house of God. Everybody's like, uh, you're procrastinating about putting your hand up. Just put the hand up. Like, I don't know. Indecision. Put your hand in the air. You know. There's about five of you that are disciplined. The rest of us are procrastinators. I get it. I know. I know you. I'm your pastor. I'm there too. I told you last week, I'm on team procrastination. You can laugh about that. It's okay. But you will never change your life until you change something you do today. The third thing I want to share with you today about healthy habits, healthy life, is if you're going to do it, do it together. When it comes to healthy habits, we need the right people in our life to help us do the right things. You will become the people you do life with. You will become 
like the people you hang around. It's an old youth leader saying, but it's still true for you adults. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Still true for you guys. If you're going to have healthy habits, you need to do it together. You become like the people you are doing life with. For good or for bad. Healthy or unhealthy. Now let's read a verse to you about that. 1 Corinthians 15.33 Look what this says. Don't be deceived. Evil company corrupts what? What? Now we're trying to get healthy habits, so that's telling you something. Don't be deceived. Evil company or unhealthy people will corrupt your good, healthy habits you're trying to make. But don't be deceived about it because a lot of us are deceived. Oh, they won't affect me. It's not that big a deal. Well, they're my family, so what am I supposed to do about it? But, but I've always known them. They're my friend. What am I supposed to do about it? You're supposed to be an adult, have some boundaries, and choose a healthy life over relationships that are keeping you stuck. Let's put this verse up here again because I don't think you got it. Don't be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. So it's saying here, if I hang around people with healthy habits, I'm going to have healthy habits. But if I hang around people with unhealthy habits, I'm going to hang around unhealthy people. If, if the wrong people can hurt my habits, then the right people can help my habits. Now, stay with me here. Because we're talking about if you want healthy habits, you need to do it together, and you need to be around the right people. You become like the people you do life with. Ecclesiastes says that two are better than one because you can help each other. It's awful quiet in this church. Are there some friends you guys are thinking about? Because you're awful quiet and sensitive right now. There's a reason that said don't be deceived because you're naturally deceived about the people that are around you. But they're funny, but they're dangerous. But I've always known them, and that's my boy. That's my girlfriend. We've always been together. But she's hurting your life. Evil company corrupts good habits. Unhealthy people corrupt good habits. If you want to have healthy habits, you got to be around healthy people. It takes effort. If you want unhealthy habits, you're going to be around unhealthy people. Now, how many... Have ever heard this before? Anytime somebody gets in trouble, starts backsliding, 
goes the wrong way, maybe gets arrested, maybe their life's going a certain direction. How many know every time the conversation starts off like this? They were a good person. What's the next statement? But then they started hanging out with. Every time. They were, they were such a godly person, but then they started hanging out with their coworkers that they thought were funny, and they started going to drinks on Friday nights, and that's not a big deal. We're just being fun. We're having fun. They were a good person, but then they started hanging out with. They were loving God and pursuing the things of God and trying to live a healthy life, and then they started hanging out with. It's a story as old as time. God says it in his word. Preachers yell it from the pulpit, and yet we still don't get it sometimes. Who you're around matters. Who you do life with matters. It's a matter of life and death. I don't care who they are. They're not more important than me having the life that God wants me to have. And it is affecting you. There is no such thing as neutral friendships. They're not affecting me. Yes, they are. Now, what does that sound like? Deception. I'm good. The Bible says, don't be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. It always starts off like that. They were a good person. They were doing this. Then they started hanging out with certain people. They started drinking. And now they're an alcoholic. And it's their habit now. Why? Because they hang out with other people that are alcoholics. Oh, they would never do this. They, they just smoked a little bit, but then they started smoking marijuana, and they started hanging out with marijuana smokers, and then they started going to, to deeper drugs, and now they're doing cocaine. They're doing other stuff because who you're around affects your habits. And they, were, they were upbeat and joyful and happy and they started hanging out with people that were worried all the time and negative all the time and depressed all the time and now they are. Because you become like who you're around. There's no such thing as neutral friendships. You become like the people you are around. How many know that the people that sit in their parents' basement and play video games hang out with each other? Some of you aren't laughing because that's some of you in here. (laughs) Unhealthy people hang out with unhealthy people. People that, that eat healthy and are active, that are out there running and eating at core life, hang out together, don't they? Healthy habits draw healthy people. Unhealthy habits draw unhealthy people. Now, now we call this, whatever you want to call them, clubs. Different groups of people that they have the same hobbies and the same interests. Why is that? Because you become like the people you're around. All the people that love basketball are friends over here. All the people that love 
scrapbooking are over here. All the people that like this certain thing are over here, and all the people that like this are over here. Why? Because you become like the people you're around. So here's my advice to you this morning. I'll get off this because you're all acting very uncomfortable that I'm on it. You've talked about every person in my life, Pastor, and I don't like that. It's still the truth, and I love you. That's why I'm telling you the truth on a Sunday morning. Can I tell you what you should do if you want healthy habits? Because if you're going to do it, you got to do it together with the right people. Because evil company corrupts good habits. But good company helps you keep good habits. If you want to get healthy, which I would say all of you want to do that, you're going to have to hang out with some healthy people. And be intentional about it. How many know it's easier to go back to the default, which is usually unhealthy people? So you're going to have to make some effort to be around healthy people. If you want to be financially prosperous, stop hanging out with people who think broke. Stop hanging out with people that spend their money unwisely. Hang out with some people who have some wisdom financially and think prosperous if you want to be prosperous. And stop identifying with your friends that are thinking mooch and poverty mentality. This is why you pay me the big bucks on Sunday morning to tell you things like this. If you want to be physically fit, Hanging around people that are physically fit and pursuing the same goals. Because that will help you get healthier. If you want to be around or you want to have good relationships, be around families and couples that have good relationships. If you want to get better at your career and you want to get smarter, be around people that are further along than you. And pursue those relationships. If we want to know God better and be more spiritual and pursue the things of God, get around people that are more spiritual than you. Be around people that love God more than you. Be around people that are going to pull you up, not pull you down. Are you receiving this today? Because the people you're around matters. It can either kill your healthy habits and have you be unhealthy or the right people can strengthen and start new healthy habits. But you choose. Because if we're going to have healthy habits, we've got to do it together. Get around the kind of people you want to be like. Pursue those relationships. Be intentional. Don't just go back to your default setting, which is the same old, same old, unhealthy people, just because that's what we've always done. Because if you do what you've always done, you will get the results you've always had. You got to break out of the box. 
Make some new relationships. Make some new connections. Pursue some, some new groups of people that are healthy and pursuing the things you want to see in your life. you got to be intentional about it. got to be intentional about it. Doesn't just happen. I've decided that many years ago, but even more the past year or so, for what I'm called to do in my life, I just can't be around people who think average. I just can't be around people who think, same old, same old. This is the way life's going to be. We're in southern Indiana. This is the way we need to think about stuff. Uh Uh-uh. Because I want a different life, so I got to do something different. And I want different results, so I got to be around different people. I want to be around some people that are going to pull me up. I need to be around some people that are further along in their health than me. I need some people that are more financially prosperous than me. I need some people around me that are more spiritual than me. I need to be around some people that are going to be an example to me, not hanging out with just anybody and staying the same. If you want a different result, you're going to have to live a different life. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? <laughs> but you got to choose that. That's what I want to do, but I want to encourage you. That's what you need to do if you want a healthy life. You're going to have to have the right people and the right accountability to keep you on track with your healthy habits. Last thing, last point I want to make. I need to get off that. I stayed way too long. I only stayed because you got quiet. And I, and I knew I was hitting something there. There were some toes that were hurting, and they were screaming out to me. And I said, I need to step on that toe a little bit harder because they're getting a little bit too uncomfortable. I know that's where they're really living at right here. I know you're thinking. Last thing is if you want healthy habits and a healthy life, we're going to have to play the long game. Play the long game. You guys don't even know what that means. Some of you know what it means. Play the long game. I'll tell you this morning, when I say play the long game, I'm thinking about this. When we're thinking about healthy life and healthy habits, you need to realize that life is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And when it comes to healthy habits and a healthy life, we need to think in terms of life and legacy, not just next week. So I'm putting these things in place so I will have the future I want in 10 years, in 20 years, in 30 years, in 50 years. I'm not just thinking, what do I need to do this week or next month? You need to play the long game. You will choose long-term gains over short-term wins. Now, they do this in golf. Now, I play golf. Not super good. You know, with most golfers, a lot of you are in the same category as me, you hit enough good shots to fool yourself. Yeah, I said fool yourself. Into thinking you're semi-good, so you want to come back and try it again. Only one or two out of the whole day. But you hit enough of those shots to fool yourself that you just want to try it again. But in golf, they play the long game. I'll tell you what that means. They think 
in terms of the whole entire tournament, not just the hole. Now, let's just say a tournament, because a lot of those PGA tournaments are like four days. They play the long game because they realize this is not a sprint, it's a marathon. And you need to think about that with your life. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. I'm going to play the long game, and I'm going to think about not just next week or next month, but I'm going to make decisions that my future self will thank me for. That's playing the long game. I'm making decisions that my life and legacy will be what I want 50 years down the road because I chose today to do something. So back to golf. In PGA, the golfers that win play the long game. It's interesting, a lot of times the golfers that are leading the first couple days are not the golfers that end up winning on the fourth day. Why? Because they, they got all the energy and excitement and they jump out of the game and they're hitting as hard as they can. And they go up a little bit the first two days, but they have no longevity. They're not playing the long game. And then there's people like Tiger Woods who doesn't do good for a couple days in a row, but what does he do? He's just being consistent. Come on. It's not being flashy. He's just hitting it in the fairway. He's just putting it in for pars. It doesn't seem like a big deal when he's doing it because he's just with the rest of everyone. But he's got something in his mind. He's playing the long game. So the first couple days, he's just being consistent day after day, hitting pars, nothing special, just doing what's required, having good daily habits, hole after hole after hole. But he's putting himself in a position to win in the end because he's playing the long game. And that's what you do when you think of your life in terms of the long game. I'm doing this not just for today, but for years down the road. I'm doing this for what I'm going to be in 10 years, in 20 years, in 30 years. I'm doing this for my life in the future. I'm doing this for my legacy. And I need to think in terms of, yes, I do something today, but I'm doing it so 50 years from now, my future self will thank me for this. And so he... Tiger Woods, because he's a great example of this, he, he, he just hits it, par, 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 par. Nothing flashy, but then when it comes down to the last few days, he starts accelerating, and he ends up winning the tournament, but he only could do that because he put him in a, himself in a position to win. By what? By being consistent, hole after hole, day after day, playing the long game. Here's another example. Now, we live really in the city of Muhammad Ali, one of the greatest boxers of all time. If you watched his fights, he played the long game. I'm not going to use boxing examples because I don't know how to box. But if you watched him, he knew that the fight was longer than just one round. And so what did he do? For round after round after round, he was bopping and weaving. He was ducking. And what was he doing? He was tiring out 
his enemy. And putting himself in a position to win when it mattered most. But he did that because he played the long game mentally and had endurance to put himself in a position to win. That's what your daily habits are doing for you. you got to think in terms of the long game. Are you receiving this today? Here's another reason why I say play the long game. Good, healthy habits are going to take longer than you think to stick. You know how we've all heard 21 days to a new habit? It's actually not true. Sorry. (laughs) I was reading in a James Clear book about atomic habits, but also Dr. Carolyn Leaf, who is a uh, neuroscientist. And they both agreed on this, that it's actually 21 days to really get your mind started in that direction, but not 21 days to a new habit. They actually said the number is more like three cycles of 21, which is 63 days to really start a new habit. Now, I'm saying that for a reason because you're going to have to play the long game with your habits. Because if you think everything's going to change by next week, you're going to be discouraged and stop. What if you don't see any change for a month of consistent action? Are you going to stop? You've got to play the long game of what you want in life, realizing it's going to take maybe longer than you think to have healthy habits. But notice, once it's in place, you're going to continue that healthy habit that's going to equal a healthy life. But you've got to play the long game. Now, I'm about to close, but keep listening to me. Hear what I'm going to say here. When we play the long game, we use this principle. The pain-pleasure principle. Do you know why bad habits are easy to start and hard to break? Because when you do them, there's pleasure first, but then there's pain later. Do you know why a lot of times it's hard to start new healthy habits? Because there's pain first, and then there's pleasure later. So let's just say you're turning to alcohol because you want to feel better. There's pleasure when you do it immediately. Something happens in your brain and your body that makes you feel better. So you're choosing pleasure first, but then when you have the consequences of drinking alcohol, there's pain in the end. For a good habit, When you choose to go exercise, when you want to lay on the couch and watch season seven of The Office on Netflix, there's pain when you get up off the couch and go run. Doesn't feel good on your flesh. But later, once you've done it and you're living a healthy, more energetic life, there's pleasure in the end. Are you guys following what I'm saying here? But we must choose... The order in which we want that to be. But notice if we're thinking in terms of I'm playing the long game, I will choose temporary pain right now for pleasure in the future. I will choose long-term health over instant gratification right now. 
That's playing the long game. Because in life, we're going to feel pain, either discipline or regret, but we're still going to feel pain. We can choose the pain of discipline to get the life that we want to have and see pleasure in the end. Or we can put pleasure before pain, and in the end, we'll have a bunch of regrets from the life that we thought we should have had. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? But we only choose the right things when we keep in mind the long game. So tomorrow, when you eat that salad, and Taco Bell's got like a sale on your favorite burrito, and they're just practically giving burritos and churros and nachos bel grande fries away. There's a choice to make. I love talking about fast food because I'm so guilty, so it's just. There's a choice to make, and you hear God say before you turn into the line, choose this day whom you will serve. (laughs) I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you may live. And what do we do? We turn into Taco Bell. I'll take death today. Why? Because we're choosing immediate pleasure. And we'll have the pain later when we're in the toilet. (laughs) Or we could choose the other route when you know what to eat tomorrow. When you sit down and you have those options and you eat the salad. It doesn't have a lot of flavor that first day. You're choosing the pain of discipline right now for how I'm going to feel later on in the future. Are you following me today? But we only make those choices, notice, when we have the long game in mind. I'm doing this not just for today, but how I'm going to feel in a week and in a month and next year. And I'm reading my Bible today, not just for today, but for the kind of person I want to be next year and 10 years from now and 30 years right now. And I'm playing with my kids and investing in them today, not just for today, but for the kind of relationship I want to have with them from five years in the future. Because I'm playing the long game. I'm going to end with this verse. In Galatians, I appreciate you guys coming today and listening to me. Did you guys get anything today? Galatians 6, and this really sums up everything I said about playing the long game. And giving us some encouragement. Galatians 6, verse 7. Notice God again saying, do not be deceived. Now let's go go through this slowly. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Now what is that? That's your daily habits. Every day, what you do And what you don't do is sowing a seed for your future. Next verse. Notice this. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap 
if we do not lose heart. Let's leave this up here. This is exactly what I'm saying. you got to play the long game. If you don't stop with the healthy habits you are doing today, the seeds you are sowing day after day after day, even if you don't see results, God is not mocked. Whatever you sow in your habits, you will reap in the future. But notice if you sow to the flesh, you'll reap that kind of fruit in your life. But if you sow to the spirit or a healthy life, you will reap that. But let's not grow weary, church family, while doing good. Now, he wouldn't say that if you weren't going to feel that way when you're on your way to a healthy life. Because even if you didn't start anything in the past week and you start something this coming week, you're going to feel on your way to the life that you want, I want to give up. I want to stop this habit. It's not fun right now. It's painful to discipline myself right now. But notice God's word is true. Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season. We shall reap if we don't lose heart. Every habit that you're sowing is going to show up in your future if you don't lose heart. If you don't give up, if you don't get weary in doing healthy things day after day, healthy financially, healthy relational-wise, healthy in your mind, healthy in your body, healthy in your spirit, day after day, God is not mocked. Don't grow weary while doing good. For in due season, because you know the day you plant the seed is not the day you see the harvest. For in due season, you're going to reap all the things you've been sowing into your life with healthy habits. I love that. If we don't grow weary, we will reap if we don't lose heart. Did you guys get anything today? Well, I love you this morning.